This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Here's a taste of what people are saying on Spreaker. You're doing great and we're excited to see that you're enjoying Spreaker so much that you've reached your storage capacity limit. Best regards, Ciara. Thanks, Ciara. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, November 9th. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States. Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, who stated in this process, I will never give up fighting for you and our nation will be denied a second term. The states will all need to officially certify the vote in the middle of a pandemic. Those voices are discussing President-elect Joe Biden, the words that 76 million Americans have been waiting four years to hear, and the words that one American has been waiting 48 years to hear. As a new administration prepares to take the reins of the United States come January, Republicans continue to struggle with processing the five stages of grief, as they've accepted that the president is angry, that his bargaining skills depressed his own turnout, denying him a second term. On Saturday morning, four days after Election Day, enough of the vote count made it apparent that the apparent winner had apparently won. While it was closer than you might have expected, like the elbow on the middle seat armrest belonging to the guy who didn't care that he was in boarding group C, Biden nevertheless pulled out a win with a bigger share of the vote than Ronald Reagan did back in 1980, a quaint time when AIDS was the only disease that we as a nation chose to willfully ignore. Biden's victory led to spontaneous parties in the street even causing liquor stores in Washington, D.C. to sell more champagne in one day than over the last two New Year's combined. A disappointing statistic for the party promoters at the Smithsonian Center for Rockin' Eves. On the news that Mr. Trump had, indeed, been rendered just the third elected commander-in-chief since the end of the Second World War to lose re-election, joining Herbert Hoover, Jimmy Carter, and George Bush for the early bird special at the International House of One-Term Presidents because they couldn't muster up enough support to be invited back to brunch with everyone else. But as of press time, the transition of power has not been made official through the General Services Administration, the federal organization that sounds less like an arm of the government and more like the menu setting where the option to change your MacBook's wallpaper is buried. Because of Mr. Trump's refusal to concede the election, the GSA has refused to declare an apparent winner and has not provided the Biden transition team access to administrative support for things like background checks, office space, and computer equipment. Incoming staff can't even sign up for a government email address, making it impossible for Republicans to get outraged for having to use a private server because employees have yet to be granted access to the thing they're supposed to be circumventing. Even Melania Trump has refused to meet with the first lady-elect. But, to be fair, the only thing scarier to her than a Biden presidency is an English professor. I didn't want to be frustrated coming into this week's episode. I wanted to celebrate the fact that the United States is still a beacon of light, where a 78-year-old straight white man can finally realize his lifelong dream of being in charge of something. But the refusal of many on the right to even acknowledge that it's possible that a Democrat is allowed to be elected to office fair and square after four years of owning the libs, drinking liberal tears, f*** your feelings, you c*** is, uh, somewhat disenchanting. GOP challenges to the Biden victory have already been defeated in the courts. 
And indeed, Mr. Trump's own fundraising emails to support a recount or a do-over are raising money to settle the debts of his losing campaign. This is unprecedented. Not the challenge to the election, but the fact that Mr. Trump is considering paying his debts. Now, I never believed that Mr. Trump would accept the results of the election with grace, just as the skin on his face has never quite accepted that it's never truly been kissed by the sun. But the amount of disinformation and lies flowing from the likes of sitting Republicans, Facebook, and networks like Newsmax are making Bill O'Reilly look like Walter Cronkite. Independent international observers of the election have even stated that they witnessed no voting irregularities. Unless you count those who decided they'd like to spend another four years waking up to push notifications for typos on Twitter authored by a borderline illiterate racist as irregular. In that case, there were 70-something million. In 2016, the left complained that Mr. Trump had won the election unfairly because of the media, the FBI, and Russian hacking. But nevertheless, President Obama and Vice President Biden met with Mr. Trump and Mr. Pence within a matter of days of the election being called in their favor. And they handed over the keys to the Airbnb and begged them to treat it with care. Because, after all, it's just a rental. What I would very much like to do is move on flip the page, and at least try to understand and reconcile my differences with those who didn't vote like me. But if the right wants to continue ignoring reality, whether it's because they're closing their eyes because they don't want to see the ventilator that's being shoved down their throat, or they're plugging their ears because the TV man said something that they wish wasn't true, we'll have to keep treating our fellow voters exactly as they are. Sore losers. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Hey, Twitter Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is my dad. Dad, thanks for joining me. Nice to be with you. Over the weekend, O.J. congratulated President-elect Joe Biden. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours Pretty cold and windy on on the golf course. Well, some big changes today. I just hope if Biden is the president, it looks like he's going to be that... He remembers what he said about Obamacare, that it was the first step. I hope he does that with Trump's economics. Trump's economics weren't bad. He did a good job in many areas. And I just hope Biden looks at that and say, hey, there's a lot of good there. And let's just work on it. But more importantly, let's be good to everybody. Let's treat all Americans, no matter what racial or social class they're from, like they're Americans. I'm just saying, congratulating to to Biden and his team. God bless. Take care. Dad, what do you think about what OJ had to say? I think he's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Dad, thanks for joining me. Thank you. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Please subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Amazon, other weird apps. I'm on all of them. Just subscribe. I'm at underscore Greg Ott on Twitter. Yeah, right. Latestpod.com for all your latestpod.com needs. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you will be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you will soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast.